Well, I, I would like to add my welcome to each of you. My name's Steve. This uh, beautiful woman here is my lovely wife, Deb Tibbet. Let's hear it for Deb Tibbet, please. Come on. I mean, what a girl and what a lucky girl. Okay, now. um, Lucky guy. uh, It's Mothering Sunday uh, and Deb is a phenomenal mum and a brilliant wife. And uh, I thought, because you've heard me speak about how you build strong families time and time and time again, that what I would do is I would release on the church uh, the beautiful... Deborah uh, Tibbet. So um, if you're visiting, um, uh, you probably know our family a bit, uh, but I thought just if you're visiting, we'll just introduce you to our kids. Okay, so, and then we'll get into the theme of building strong families today. So Debs, why don't you just uh, introduce our lads uh, to those that don't know them yet? Okay, so as it's Mother's Day, I get the uh, privilege of introducing you to our lovely trio, and I think we've got some photos coming up. There they are. Okay, uh-huh. so, oh, love these photos. That, that one up there on your left, that was taken probably early 2000, and um, the one with the cheeky little smile, that's our eldest, Ben. Um, he's still cheeky. The one with the really sweet smile, that's um, Josh. He's quite sweet too. And then the really bewildered-looking baby there—that's <laughs> that's Sam, <laughs> our youngest. Um, and then the next one along—that's them, a little bit older. I think Ben was probably 15 then. Josh, 13. Sam would have been about eight. And then the bottom one—that's us as we are now. And as you can see, our family has grown. We have girls. <laughs> And uh, it's great. So Ben at the end there, he is um, coming up for 24 and he got married to the lovely Alice last year. And then at the other end, we've got Josh. He's 21. He's at university and he also has a lovely girlfriend, Roxanne. And Sam is now on track to overtake the other two in terms of height. He may be the youngest, but he's not going to be the shortest. He's now 16. So that's our lot. That's our family now. We've um, been through the highs and lows of parenting. I think we've been parents for nearly 24 years, and I've got the wrinkles to show for it, I reckon. And, um, yeah, we've gone through the toddler years, the middle years, and now learning what it is to parent adult children. Brilliant. Thanks, love. Um, Actually, some of them are in the house. Let's just wave to the Tibet clan. Let's just give them a little ripple. Uh, You can sit down, love. And... uh, uh, they live with the joy of being uh, the kids of the senior pastor, and so it's a huge blessing. But they live in the public realm a little, and they've done very well. And a lot of the material we're going to share is just basically all their mistakes and all the things that we've done right. Okay, so that's where we're going today, everyone, because I have the mic. Uh, anyway, um, so it's uh, Mother's Day. We want to give particular honour and respect to mothers and their commitment to families. But obviously, we felt just to speak on the whole thing about building strong families. So hopefully, it will be relevant to many of you in the room. As a church, we like to root everything in the Bible, so I'm going to start by reading some famous verses from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, uh, the Lord our God. Thank you, it's on the screen. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. 
talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And one of the things that we do at a dedication service is that we do give thanks to God for children, but also as parents we say, look, we dedicate our lives to bring our children up in good ways, in God. That's what the passage talks about. But we hope that what we'll share this morning help one or two of us in the room to raise good, independent, healthy, balanced uh, adults. It's interesting, doesn't it, that parenting or creating strong families is a 24-7 job. This isn't just, you can't just do this for a few hours a day or actually just for a few years. It's a full-time job. Uh, It says here in the passage, uh, talk with them when you sit at home, uh, when you walk along. So when you're home and when you travel, um, when you lie down and when you get up, you raise kids at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, and sometimes through the night. Um, and of course, all of us has experienced being a part of a family. Uh, and uh, while we hope that much of the application will help and equip those of us that maybe have kids at this season of life, uh, I want to say to you, if you're single here today, listen up. Listen up, because... Some of the principles we will share will reflect right back into your own upbringing and potentially could reflect back into your life where you are now. So hopefully it will be relevant for all of us in the room. The truth is, all of us have been shaped by our upbringing. All of us have been shaped by good parenting, average parenting, poor parenting. Uh, Our history has shaped us, but it doesn't need to define us. And sometimes as you grow and mature as a person, it is how you unravel good and bad from your history and with God's help, make sure it doesn't define you. If you didn't know this, let me say it now. We, we, we are not a perfect family. I'm definitely not a perfect dad. Uh, we're going to share our mistakes, the things we've tried to do, and hopefully that will help you. I mean, of course, Deb is pretty close to being perfect, but uh, uh, which you know, one needs to just say. And so you know, our kids are not perfect and hopefully in a church like this, we don't expect the pastor's kids to be any different to any other kids. They're just normal lads growing up in southeast London, supporting Crystal Palace Eagles, and, uh, you know, important things in life, you know, uh, and stuff like that. Um, we know they're not perfect, but we love them, and we're proud of them, as I expect you are of your own kids if you have them. We're also aware on a day like this, that this could be actually quite a painful day for some. Because as we teach positively about building strong families, it might resonate into some of the pain or the consequences that you suffered because you grew up in a context of family breakdown. Uh, the very opposite to a strong family. In a context with a lack of cohesion. Or maybe you've just lost a parent just in the last few months. And so the grieving process is very real. And therefore a moment like this makes you very aware of the season that you're in. We also want to honour and really respect single parents. You're so welcome at King's if you're a single parent. And huge respect to you as you have to uh, navigate the challenges of raising children, providing for them on your own. We do hope, in fact, that you find the, the King's family, this church family, is a place where you can find support and encouragement and be a part of a, a bigger family, because we really do believe the famous African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. 
It's a massive team effort, uh, and our kids' workers and our youth workers will uh, help us. But can I just remind parents, it's not the responsibility of the youth workers to sort your kids out. Yeah? That's your responsibility. They're your children. We're here to partner with you, uh, and uh, it really is important that we take that responsibility seriously. The first characteristic we would like to make you aware of in the Tibet households is that we think strong families have fun together. We are fun, fun family. And fun really for kids is spelled, well, how love is spelled, T-I-M-E. Kids want time with their parents. They really do, more than you realize. Uh, And in our family, we have, uh, in Deb and I, one is the fun master and one is the more disciplinarian parent. Now, I don't know if you can guess, those of you who know us, who's the fun parent and who's the bit more serious boundaries? Come on, you need to do your homework, parent, okay? Um, Now, this might reflect our upbringing because I am tend to be, I I, I wouldn't want to label my wife too serious, but I tend to be the fun master in our household, okay? I do. Because when I was growing up, Saturday morning was about watching Swap Shop. That's what we did in our pyjamas. I mean, it's no, t- it's no time to do schoolwork. It's time to watch the telly and see Noel Edmonds. These are important life skills that you have to pick up. And uh, where Deb, when I was watching uh, Swap Shop, Deb was at the local youth orchestra. Okay, that's what she did on Saturday mornings. And uh, then, you know, at school when it was playtime, what do you do at playtime? You play. You go and play football. Not Deb. Deb signs up for extra Latin classes at playtime. Okay, so I'm playing football. There was never any conflict in our marriage at all about how to raise children. This also explains why Deb has a degree, okay? And I don't have one, okay, at all. Uh, So, um, I don't know. It's important to have fun, though, isn't in your household. Fun is about spending time together. And if you spend time together with kids, which they want to do, by the way, and you have fun, then when it comes to setting a boundary, it's a lot easier. If you just set boundaries, you'll just get rebellion. They'll either withdraw from you or they'll rebel. And so it's so important to navigate this. And one way of doing it is by having fun. In an extensive survey done for, by uh, MTV, uh, the channel... Uh, they did a 100-question survey of young people between the ages of 13 and 24. And one of the questions was, what makes you happy? And the top answer was spending time with family. The top answer. Kids between the ages of 13 and 24, they wanted to spend time with family more than anything else. And when they did, they were happy. Um. As the fun master in our household, it was my job to create fun experiences for the kids. So uh, we did a bit of, our kids are old enough now to do some internal market research. So in preparation for this message, we literally asked them questions. When was it fun? What do you remember as you were growing up? This one came. Uh, Our two older boys said, Dad, the day you took us out of school. Oh, I was on a sabbatical. I was fortunate to be on a sabbatical. I wanted to have time with my kids. So I wrote to the head teacher and said, do you mind if I take them out of school for a day? And we just went out. We had a McDonald's. We went to the beach. I think we even did bird watching. We could have done anything. The fact they were out of school, I was a cool dad. And they talk about it. Um, uh, playing cricket in the garden. Uh, Deb, she said, Deb said to me, I always fancy you when you're playing with the kids. Now, this works for me, guys. Okay, this works. <laughs> 
I mean, this is a win-win, okay? I'm like playing cricket, looking at the wife. Right? I'm playing cricket. I mean, it's a win-win. You can't go wrong, okay? But one of the all-time favorite, and you heard me tell this story before, but I like tennis, so I'm going to tell it again, is when we used to play Star Wars in our household, okay? Deb would find somewhere quiet to reflect and whatever, and we would turn out all the lights, okay, and uh, Ben and Josh particularly, I was talking to, I think, Ben or Josh this week about it, and they used to go and hide downstairs, and there was this kind of mixture of excitement and a bit scared because I was Darth Vader. Now, whether a pastor should be Darth Vader is a whole other theological discussion. But let's put that aside amongst friends, shall we, for a moment. And uh, what I did, I would be at the top of the stairs, all the lights out, and then I'd stand at the top, and I'd go... And I'd just walk down slowly. Yeah, okay. And then it Oh dear, what fun, what fun memories. We did fun things like a family night once a week. It was family night. That's when we'd be in pizza, video, whatever. As an aside, could I just comment on marriage here? Um, do you know... Deb and I work hard in building a fun marriage. We, we have fun together. And uh, that's a whole other seminar. We'll just leave that for a moment, okay? Um, but mums, mums, your attention, it's your day. The best thing you can do for your kids is love your husband. Do you know that? It is. I have met mothers who have sat in my office as their marriage has broken up and said to me, I put too much focus on the kids. And now my kids are living with the consequences of a broken family home. Guys, best thing you can do for your kids, love your wives. Love your wives. How do children grow? Well, in Luke 2, 52, it says of Jesus that he grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and with men, with mankind. And so Jesus grew in, in intellectual, academic, but also wisdom. Physically, he grew in stature. He grew in favor with God, spiritual growth, and there was social growth. Um, Bill Hybels, who's a famous Christian leader from America, in his book, uh, Uh, Making Life Work, uh, on a chapter called Making Strong Families, puts it in a negative. He says, I have met many people for whom life is not working well. It is not that they are not clever or that they do not work hard. Life is not working for them because they were raised by foolish parents who did not understand the delicate balance of wise parenting, who did not know how to guide them systematically and lovingly from dependence to independence, from irresponsibility to responsibility, from childlessness to uh, maturity, and did not model the virtues necessary to ensure a stable life and a productive future. That's a challenging quote, isn't it? Because a number of us are here thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got struggles, and some of it's related to your upbringing, I would guess. But also puts a responsibility on us who are creating 
the context, climate and culture of a family uh, situation that our kids are growing up in. And so what we're going to do very quickly is run through five key areas that uh, are not the only ones, but uh, we think are really important when you're thinking of raising a household. And Deb's going to do the first one, and it's on uh, values. Okay. Well, there's a huge amount you can talk about when it comes to um, parenting, isn't there? But um, we just thought we'd, we'd focus on, on five key things that you can take away with you today. Um, and the first thing is that strong families build values. Um, values are really important. They reflect our core beliefs, don't they? What we think matters most. Um, they guide our decisions and behaviours. So we're talking about the characteristics that you'd like to see hopefully both in your children and also in yourself. And our families and the environment that we grow up in, the people that we spend our time with, that's the first place where we start to learn about these things. And I'm sure that for most of us, if we think back to our own upbringings, we can think of values that were instilled in us when we were younger, some of them good, some of them maybe not so good. And as you grow up and mature, it's good to, to question those things and think about the things that you've taken on board and think whether that's something you want to own for yourself and model in your own family. I think the culture and the climate that we create in our homes is where children learn what matters and what is important. And as parents... We set the tone for them. We set the standard for what's expected. And hopefully, we model that too. Because I think modeling is really important. Kids have got a really keen radar that will pick up any sense of lack of authenticity. Mm. If you're not following through on what you say and you're doing something completely different, they're going to question that, they're going to challenge it, and they're going to draw their own conclusions from it. Mm. So... What does your family culture promote? So in the Tibbet household, um, we've tried to build an environment which values things such as putting God first, honesty, generosity of your time and your money, commitment, loyalty, that kind of thing. And as I said, you do do a lot of this through what you yourself model. So... Our kids have grown up knowing, for example, that we're a family that goes to church. That's what we do. We prioritize it. We enjoy it. It's part of our regular routine. Steve and I want to put God first in how we spend our time and how we spend our finances. So we've been very open with them about our budgeting and why we make the decisions that we do and why we don't do that. I asked our boys, as, as Steve said, we did a little mini survey with them um, to try and find out what they think, you know, about some of the things we're talking about. And um, I asked them what they thought they'd learned growing up from us, what values they thought had been instilled in them. And one of the things that came out is certain phrases or mottos that we've gradually adopted over the years in our family. Um, I'll give you some examples. What, they, they reflect some of our values, I think. So here's one. This one's really cheesy, so I'm going to blame this one on Steve because he came up with this one. It wasn't me. I'm going to take this one for the team. Let's do it. <laughs> so when the going gets tough, 
the Tibbets get going. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why you're taking the mickey out of me. It's outrageous, outrageous. I think we probably started this one when we, were, we dragged the boys on long walks just to try and get them to expend some energy and they didn't really want to keep going. But it's kind of stuck. And it's all about commitment, about not giving up, about keeping going. And then another one, work hard, play hard. So we wanted them to grow up, although Steve's the fun master, as he said, and I'm more of a disciplinarian. We wanted a balance in our family, you know? Yeah, it's, it's good to have fun, but you do your work first. Another one. <laughs> I, I, I can let's, do fun. Yeah, no, you can do fun. You're, you're great fun. You're, you're great. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you're, you're good. Okay, another one that we love. Team Tibbet. I don't quite know when this one started, but... Um, we're very fortunate. We, we grew up in families ourselves that really valued family, and we've tried to promote that in our own family culture. Um, and our boys are very fortunate. They've got a, a large, wider family. They've still got four grandparents who are alive, which is fantastic, and they're a big part of their lives. They spend time with them. But Team Tibber is all about supporting one another, protecting one another, being committed to one another. And the boys, they've actually taken this one stage further, and I love it. They developed something that they called the brotherhood. It's about the three of them together. You know, they're a little trio. They're strong. They look out for one another, and it's fantastic. And we see that operating even now as they get older. And then one last one that Sam mentioned is you reap what you sow. I think actually Paul came up with this one first, didn't he, when he was writing to the Galatians, but... You know, we've, we've adopted it. And um, this is just about taking personal responsibility for your decisions and your actions, not being in denial. I think just lastly on this whole subject of values, and we're going to come back to this a bit later on, conversations and discussions are really important. I think when your children are young, they tend to just do what you say. Well, most of the time. Mine certainly didn't all the time. But, you know, you, you can guide them and direct them much more easily, can't you, in terms of what they do, what they think. But as they get older, they're going to start questioning those things. And, th- and that's all good. That's all part of growing up. But you've got to build a culture where there are good discussions and room for, for your kids to have those discussions with you. Find out why you believe what you believe, why they are thinking what they're thinking You know, it's okay to disagree at times, but help them put words on their thoughts and feelings and to back up their ideas. Okay, brilliant, uh, Debs. Um, The second area was about the area of feelings. Feelings. Actually, managing your feelings is one of the most important skills in life. Uh, The appropriate management of anger is very important. Um... There's too much road rage around, isn't there? Because people are unable to manage their anger. Uh, Companies now, if you want to be successful in business or in your career, they're interested in things like emotional intelligence. They're interested in issues of emotional capacity. And therefore, it's very important in families to model and help them understand how to manage their feelings to be able to name feelings, to own feelings, to identify feelings, to express feelings correctly. Actually, just for a moment, let's, let's, how about you? How are you when it comes to managing your own feelings? Do you, have you got appropriate self-control? Have you got appropriate 
self-disclosure? Or do your feelings at times kind of swamp you and lead you into making poor choices? Um, Too often I meet um, people that are just emotionally underdeveloped. They haven't learned the skills of life on how to um, share emotion, empathize with people. I mean, friends, if you want to build a great career or a great marriage or a great family, how you manage your feelings is so, so critical. So uh, we try and model that, be open appropriately and encourage our kids to own feelings. Okay. Third area that strong families um, grow in is in the area of loss. Um, I'm talking about both major loss and minor loss. And it's in our family that we tend to have some of our first experiences of disappointment and when life doesn't go as expected. Um, I'm going to talk about minor loss, first of all, because we've got three highly competitive boys and they loved, still love, playing games and sport, but they hated losing. To be honest, they probably still do, but you know they've matured a little bit now. So as you can imagine, when they were young things could get a little heated if one of them was losing, particularly if that was to one of the younger siblings because that just wasn't fair, that wasn't right. I don't think it was until I was a mum that I realised just how important it is to play games with your kids. Um, That's where they first learn that life does not always go as you expected or as you'd hope. And I must admit, there were times when I think, oh, let's just not play it. Let's avoid the potential conflict. But I would have been missing out on really important opportunities for some life lessons. So teaching your kids what is and what is not an appropriate response to losing is really important. Swiping all the pieces off the Monopoly board when you realise you can't win is not okay. Gosh, did that ever happen in someone else's family? Gosh, I believe so, yeah. Banging your badminton racket on the court because your younger brother has beaten you and breaking said racket, that's not okay. Shocking that things like that happen. (laughs) Going into a sulk, stomping off because you've lost, that's not okay. Teaching your children to shake hands and say, well done, even if they do it through gritted teeth at first, which, to be honest, they do, don't they? You know, you're modelling what's expected of them. Um, And then you say, well done, you reinforce the good behaviour. I think it's through experiences like these that children learn to be resilient. And those people who succeed in life are the ones who've learned to get over life's bumps, to pick themselves up and try again. And um, they're able to reflect and learn from it. And um, I, there's a lovely story about our youngest son, Sam. So he's quite a bit younger than the older two. He loved playing basketball when he was little, but he'd inevitably lose to his brothers because they were just bigger and stronger and more experienced than he was. And he'd get upset, you know, understandably. But he didn't give up. And so he kept on practicing. And he got Steve to practice with him and teach him a few skills. And then there came this wonderful moment one day when he and Steve took on Ben and Josh. And um, 
Oh, I can't remember. You remember. Well, the you, well, you, let me set the scene, okay? So we're in the back garden, okay? We're in the back garden, okay? It's me and Sam against, you know, his two big brothers. It's, it's up to 10, it's 8 4 to them. So Sam, I take the ball, you know, I'm a bit bigger, sort of dunk. It wasn't very high at this basketball. <laughs> and so we get to 8 8, and Sam's got the ball, and we've been practicing the fake. Fake pass out to dad. Okay, so he faked, he pivoted, he leant back, and his two brothers saw that he was going to take the shot, and they just couldn't get him. And he just, they're like that, and it went up, and it went right up, and it went swish through, and we won 10 And we tell that story, and Sam and I would go, yeah, come on, come on. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, just, I, I, oh, it, what a it moment. Was, it was a fantastic moment. Boom. Yeah. Went down points. in family history. Two points. <laughs> <laughs> so that's minor loss. But um That was a victory, that, that wasn't was a loss, victory. love. That was success. <laughs> I think life all also sends up major loss, doesn't it? And um I'm glad to say we haven't really had to deal with much of this as a family, but probably the hardest thing that we had to walk through was a couple of years ago when Steve's brother Martin had um quite severe complications following major heart surgery and he was in intensive care for two weeks and that was a really difficult time for us as a family you know our boys they they love their uncle martin um but i think it's important that you walk through these times together as a family that you give each other time to pray together talk to each other support one another can't hide your emotions you want to express them appropriately but you know you need to give time and space for that to do that I think we know, as Steve said, that for some of you here today, Mother's Day can be a painful time, a difficult time. Maybe you've lost your own mother, or maybe you've lost a child. And days like this just become very poignant. They, they bring up those memories, and you become more aware of what you yourself have lost. Um, but we would just want to say that we hope that you'll find comfort here among God's family, that you would know support and friendship from those around you. And... Um, Again, you know, if, if you feel you would like some prayer, that you'd value that, then there'll be people here at the end who will be able to pray with you. Uh, fourth area, quickly, is uh, handling conflict. Um, good parenting shows children how to handle conflict well. Mm-hmm. Conflict is inevitable, friends, it is. Uh, between brothers and sisters, between husbands and wives, there's conflict at school, there's even conflict in churches. Uh, but if you don't know how to manage conflict it's going to be very difficult to build a great marriage. If you don't know how to manage conflict in the workplace, that's going to limit your career. Uh, and so it's such an important skill uh, to learn. And Rick Warren, who uh, we read uh, a message he preached to help our preparation, so due respect to him, says that there are three ways that people handle conflict. They either go mute, they withdraw. They go martyr, they become a victim. Or they go manic, they go on the attack. And uh, you have to model and find out an appropriate way of handling conflict together. Okay, and then the last one, and quickly. Um, a strong family is the place where we learn good habits. Um, probably if we all reflect, we know that we've picked up some bad ones along the way as well. John Piper says this, that 99% of the actions that you perform that influence your children are unpremeditated actions. And he goes on to say, the implication of this is that we parents should devote most of our energy to becoming a certain kind of person, not to trying to master parenting strategies. 
Hmm. Building good habits in children is all about modeling. It's a little bit scary, isn't it? It's about consistency. Your children need to see you doing something over and over again for it to really get through and become a habit. So habits are all about your routines and rhythms. When you get up, when you go to bed, when you work, when you relax, when you have your meal times, all those things. It's also about manners, teaching your children good manners. Church is a fantastic place to do that. We love the fact that our boys have come into contact with so many different people of different ages, different um, cultures. You know, and they can learn how to be polite, how to be confident, how to greet people confidently with a handshake. You were really keen to teach them that, weren't you? Yeah, I didn't want any of my sons going up and doing the lettuce handshake, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Grab the hand, look them in the eye. First impressions are important. Sorry, I just felt to teach the whole church that for a moment, okay? It's funny, the Holy Spirit came on me. We're going to be a church that knows the handshake, okay? Okay, so families are a place where we can learn good habits. Okay, how do kids uh, learn? Very quickly now. Well, as Deb said, uh, they learn through example. Let me quote from John's Gospel. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I mean, that was a scary statistic, wasn't it? 99% of what kids actually experience and see just comes instinctively out of how you are as a person, what you model, what you say, how you react, how you manage your emotions, your own life. Um, It's actually a huge motivation for us who are adults to grow up. Yeah. And now, please, keep the child in you, but also um, uh, grow up, mature, Ask God to help you in areas of weakness. Because what can happen is, very often you will see in your kids both the weaknesses and strengths of your skill set, your maturity, and your personality. And be aware that sometimes when a kid reacts, it reflects on you. And sometimes it acts like a mirror to you. And you go, I don't like what I'm seeing. And not only don't you like what you're seeing, you're saying, I don't like what that reveals about me. And therefore, be careful not to project your pain onto them and clip them around the ear. That's not going to help at all. The person should take responsibilities, yeah, appropriate boundaries for their behavior, but then it reflect on you and you take responsibility for what's underlying in your life, whatever it is. But um, if example is such an important part of uh, parenting, then it is a huge motivation for each of us to grow up ourselves. Okay. Secondly, they, children learn through conversations. Um, I talked about this a little bit earlier when I was talking about values. But conversations and discussions with our children are just so important. It's about communication. And communication is the bedrock for a good relationship, isn't it? And um, it needs to be a fairly constant thing daily. You need, need some daily rhythms where you're getting those opportunities to talk because that's when we find out about, you know, how we're we doing, um, our hopes and fears, things that have gone wrong. It's really important. But it's also good to build in certain times when you know that that's going to be a really good opportunity for a conversation, for a discussion. And um, part of our little internal survey that we did with our own boys, I asked them what were some of the best times that they remember or still remember having now um, for conversations with us. And they mentioned things like car journeys. 
because we can't escape, <laughs> which really made me laugh. And then things like um, holidays. We just had more time. That, you know, we weren't distracted by work or anything else going on. Going for a milkshake with Dad was one that came up. So Steve would always take regular moments to just take them out on their own, individually, just give them some one-to-one -one time, really important. And then something that we did, which probably, well, Steve did, we wouldn't work for every family, started it a few years ago. He started going out with the boys on holiday for a walk. And <laughs> you'd talk through how the last year had been, what had gone well, what hadn't, what their hopes were for the next year. Sounds like a, a mini appraisal. It was basically it? a steep appraisal. appraisal, okay? <laughs> what we would do is we review the past year against the objectives we set, and uh, <laughs> then we talk. And they would negotiate their allowance. Yeah, it was yeah, always fun. Is there anything you want to talk about? Can I have some more money? Or let's just talk that through. You know, things like, what time do you want to go to bed? Don't, 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 don't. talk girls, sex, bang, the whole. We just chat and go through education. How are you getting on with your mum? How are you doing following God? And we just do it. And they learn, learn to love it. <laughs> and then... Um, one last one, which I think is just so important, is mealtimes. I think in our busy lives, mealtimes can get rushed, can't they, and squeezed. And um, just that moment of sitting down together at a table, having time to talk, really, really important that it becomes part of your rhythm and routine as a family. Um, and I've got a little video, which I hope we've got time for yep, to show you. Roll so let's roll that. I think that uh, video speaks for itself, doesn't it? Uh, lastly, and quickly... Uh, kids learn through storms. And sometimes parents, listen up, really important. Um, kids ultimately are responsible for their own lives and the choices they make. And though we have a responsibility in setting a culture and a climate, in the end, the kids have become adults themselves. And sometimes you can tell them the right thing to do, but they need to learn. And sometimes you learn through failure more than through success. And uh, this happened to Ben, our eldest, who's here, and he's, we got his permission to share this, where he basically mucked up in uh, a first year of sixth form. We went to a parents' evening. It was a hilarious evening. I really enjoyed it. When the, uh, the, me and Deb, Ben, and the biology teacher said, it's a real shame that Ben keeps leaving early in biology for his water polo. Water polo? What water polo is that, Ben? Okay, he'd basically been bunking to go and see his girlfriend. Now, there was a part of me that respected that, but there was, wasn't, I wasn't going to reveal it in that moment. And, um, and basically what happened, Ben failed his first year, and it became the making of him. Yeah? Uh, because uh, you can guide your kids in the right way, but in the end, they are responsible for their own lives. And he's uh, done very well uh, since then. He retook his year, got behind, so he didn't have many friends, studied, then got his degree got a good job in the city and a beautiful wife and so we're very proud of him but he learned it through failure and sometimes as you parent you just have to say okay your choice your decision you live with the consequences of it uh, if you're not going to listen to our wisdom uh, and experience lastly and we'll close with this and ben could you come up i'd like you to pray uh, for us um legacy which he didn't know but that gives him 30 seconds to think about it <laughs> Legacy. Uh, listen, legacy. Good parenting is about raising up the next generation. It is about making them independent, not dependent on you financially or anything or emotionally. 
Good parenting doesn't retain control over them. You release them as adults and you set them on the way. You cheer them. Hopefully they still listen uh, to you. And um, we think that great families have fun. They build good values. They learn mainly through example. And you trust that you're building a legacy that you will pass on to the next generation. That they'll run with the gospel. They'll take it to the very ends of the earth. That is what great families are about. Amen. Okay. Okay. Let's pray. Ben, would you pray for the families in this church for me? God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for my parents, first of all. I thank you that they have mirrored to me a wonderful example for me and my wife. God, I just want to thank you for everyone in this room. I want to thank you for Mother's Day. Let us learn the lessons that have been taught to us this morning. Let us take them as principles to provide foundations for our lives moving forward. Parentship can be a difficult banner to carry. It can be a great responsibility, but the fruits of the labor can give you joy in years to come. In decades when your children will sit around the table as your friends and actually as your counselors, and that they will listen to your wisdom, it makes hours and days and weeks of devotion worthy. And it is through the values that God teaches us that will separate us from our friends and that is what they will look to in our lives as Christians. And God, I just pray that you delve into us, that you give us values and foundations that we can build upon. I thank you for my mum and dad. I thank you for this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.